0: Hi everyone and thanks for joining us for another episode of Roads Australia's podcast, The Hub. My name is Verity Turner and I'm the Environment and Planning Director at Transurban and the Deputy Chair of the Roads Australia Future Leaders Committee. I'm actively involved in supporting the voice of youth across the transport sector and supporting a more representative and diverse industry. Today we have a special guest. He's currently in Australia but based in the Netherlands. Peter Dorlein is joining us today and he's the Global Asset Management Director at Arcadis. Peter's bio is quite extensive, which is why we're delighted to have him with us on the hub today. His experience and expertise spans all themes within the asset management landscape, including planning, designing, project delivery, and the maintenance and management of rail, road, and port infrastructure. He has been a trusted advisor for asset owners and asset managers across Europe and in the Middle East. With ProRail, Peter led the development and implementation of the Dutch National Rail Information Model and Rail Object Type Library. Peter is one of the founding members of the Dutch chapter of the Institute of Asset Management and is also a guest lecturer at various universities and is an advisory board member at Utrecht University of Applied Sciences. I've left plenty of Peter's extensive experience out, but I'm excited to pick his brain and listen to him share some of his knowledge with our audience. Peter, welcome to The Hub and thanks for taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us.
1: Hello, everyone. Uh, Thank you for for inviting me and uh, happy uh, to be here.
0: Thanks, Peter. So you've got a global role at Arcadis leading asset management. Can you take us through what your role entails and perhaps what you're doing on the other side of the world and visiting us here in Australia?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm happy to answer that question. My my role actually is twofold. It's a, it's an internal role within, uh, within Arcadis to harmonize, connect the dots between all the people practicing asset management across the globe, across all our business units, so there are many, many people uh, practicing asset management, but in each and every continent, it's practiced just in a different way, but there are more commonalities than differences. So part of my uh, my work is uh, uh, getting those people connected, uh, harmonize the things we do and um, yeah, leverage the benefits of working together globally for the benefit of asset managers uh, all across the world. So this is more the internal role I have within Arcadis. And the other role uh, I like to mention is more outside of Arcadis as well, is connecting uh, asset management practitioners across different industries and sharing knowledge together. So that's engaging all kinds of uh, parties and partners in the industry, from, from asset owners to, to contractors, to engineering companies, to consultancies, um, sharing that knowledge, uh, sharing stories, and uh, yeah, collecting that information, which makes it really exciting. Because as an asset management practice, we are maturing, and we need everyone to be excited uh, to uh, to step in into asset management.
0: Well, you certainly got me excited by uh, your enthusiasm, so that's great. So, while transport networks across the world are designed, constructed and operated in their own unique way, we all face common challenges. We're all working towards a net zero future with strong asset management principles, incredibly important to leveraging existing and future infrastructure to ensure sustainability is at the centre of our transport systems. Can you talk us through... How you see us meeting the decarbonisation challenge across the transport industry, and in particular what you see the future of transport looking like, and also the importance of asset management as we continue in this journey.
1: Yeah, let me start by by the future of mobility. I consider uh, mobility and transportation networks uh, as networks of networks, actually the living organism which, uh, which should be smart, uh, self-conscious, embracing that new technology, and also, yeah, try to introduce new and more efficient ways of uh, of transportation. So that should be auto- uh, autonomous. We're moving to electric planes, uh, hyperloop uh, in Europe, and all those transport modes should actually compete in their their transition to net zero and share the travel stories together. So uh, I think the future of mobility uh, is moving into that sustainable, safe, inclusive infrastructure uh, and also trying to close that infrastructure funding gap. And in order to do so, we need to have an exciting workplace. I already mentioned uh, raising uh, the enthusiasm of the people involved. Those are not only the technicians. Uh, they's, uh, they are also planners, climate experts, coders, financials psychologists, we need to have them as well, and and marketeers to to make that transition uh, into the future, because we are accelerating to a net zero future, and we need all the technology and all the wisdom uh, of the entire community to take that leap.
0: Yeah, we sure do. Thanks, Peter. So another challenge uh, shared across the globe is how we continue supporting communities with the transport infrastructure they need in an uncertain economic environment. Following the pandemic, we're seeing large debt burdens across jurisdictions and in many places, we're negotiating the challenges that come with high levels of inflation. Here in Australia, we've had reviews of our infrastructure pipelines at both state and federal levels and with the capacity constraints across the industry as well. How do we do more with less and what should we be doing to gain maximum benefit from existing infrastructure?
1: My my personal view is that there's Plenty, really enough room to uh, to improve. Uh, one of the key focus points is is creating more alignment to transportation and transportation networks could provide as value to the society, and and really related to the things we do. So that vertical alignment between value and and, and operations, uh, and next to that, it's all also connecting the dots between the life cycle stages, uh, which will drive effectiveness. So. Uh, as we go to the top, there's a split between funding, capital funding, and operational funding, that drives yeah a wall between how we uh, how we do things and how we operate. But there's a strong belief in the industry if you combine that uh, whole lifecycle view, and this is not even optimizing in the lifecycle stages, uh, but optimizing uh, the entire lifecycle activities and, and have that full life cycle view that it's 10% or over effectiveness. So we can do more with what we have and, and doing more with less is really jumping into those uh, life cycle stages as well. Uh, so an example, for instance, in the Netherlands is performance based maintenance and really the focus of putting people in places where they can manage risk the best. And that could be on an asset manager side. That could be on a contractor side. Having that lens uh, has driven huge performance benefits in the Netherlands. So performance maintenance, uh, the introduction of performance maintenance 20 years ago in the Netherlands uh, has changed the landscape of uh, who's who's doing the work, who's planning the work, who's doing the risk analysis. But it, it has led up to 40% cost effectiveness or cost efficiency in the Netherlands. So reduction of cost, but also a 40% increase of performance. Maybe there was some inflation in the Netherlands, but yeah, those reductions uh, were locked in.
0: Great. Okay. Thank you. That was a good answer. One of the big challenges in the road sector across the globe is funding the operation and maintenance of our transport networks into the future as we see EV uptake increase and fuel excise increase income decrease. In Australia, the High Court recently ruled a state road user charge to be unconstitutional, requiring a future decision on a road user charge to be made at a Commonwealth level. With many countries reliant on fuel excise for road asset management, in your opinion, what should we be doing to bridge this long-term funding shortfall?
1: Yeah, this is this is something global. So everyone is moving to um, uh, uh, a net zero future and, and the introduction of electrical vehicles is is having an uptake everywhere. Um, so I'm from the Netherlands, and uh, this uptake is is going really really fast right now. There are different approaches across many countries, but just to stay close close at home in the Netherlands, at this moment the introduction of electrical vehicles is is uh, subsidised. So uh, really the push on on the uptake of the electrical vehicles. In 2030, that's our ambition. Uh, our National government uh, wants to um, stop with uh, charging the possession of a car, the ownership of a car, and and move into vehicle miles traveled. The way how they want to do it is not uh, clear yet. So there could be different models. But stepping away from all kinds of uh, initiatives uh, which are related to road pricing and really go to that vehicle miles traveled, that's the common narrative in the Netherlands, and that's pretty much the same uh, happening in uh, in the United States. Is uh, is what I perceive because I just before this travels to uh, to Australia and visiting Australia, I visited the U.S. and similar discussions are going on there as well. The core thing is my my view is proper decision making and where you should uh, have the policy making should be on the right level and. I think that will be the debate of, uh, of of the future of the next months is uh, who's who's in charge of uh, of that of that road pricing, um, yeah, and, and work that out.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. And I guess building on those themes that you're discussing of doing more with less and, you know, around sustainability, you've worked across the whole scope of asset management, um, I think including all forms of land, transport and ports, and you've previously discussed the opportunities in retrofitting existing infrastructure If we want to meet our net zero targets and we need to develop integrated and accessible transport systems that meet the needs and demands of consumers, how does this all fit together in the asset management sphere with retrofitting infrastructure? And in your view, why is that important?
1: Yeah, so if if we look at building infrastructure, there was uh, an infrastructure boom here in Australia, but also in other countries, and that that mindset of uh, creating more value of our existing asset base is is uh, really driving all the works in the Netherlands. So there are huge programs on retro, uh, retrofitting, renovating, repurposing our existing asset base because next to all kinds of challenges like climate change and where we have to focus on uh, making our assets more resilient. Uh, there's also some some stresses on upkeeping our infrastructure uh, through another lens. So in the Netherlands, nitrogen is 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 a big issue. To to say it in short, we've got too many cows in the Netherlands, which by European legislation uh, we're hitting a ceiling. So we cannot build any new infrastructure or any new houses because we're kept on our nitrogen deposit. So we really should have that lens on uh, creating more value out of the existing asset base. And uh, it fits together in that asset management sphere because creating value of assets, always look at the demand and the purpose of the assets, and not only focusing on on creating new and expanding is, is a core theme within asset management.
0: Yes, absolutely. In your role, uh, you have a strong focus on digital opportunities and the way in which we can use technology to deliver better outcomes for partners and consumers across transport infrastructure and networks. Can you talk us through some of the innovations you're seeing in this space and the way in which technology can open the path to a more sustainable future?
1: Yeah, now there are more, really a lot of exciting new technologies which will help us to be uh create more overview be more efficient and uh can be faster safer and more more sustainable in in the things we do of course there's the introduction of uh, regenerative uh, ai as an example i would like to mention uh the cars which are driving on on the roads which can do a 360 scan of the road surface there's now enough technology available to to map a city-wide road network and uh, do the analysis of the condition of those assets within just a weekend right. um, so these type of solutions exist drone technology for the inspection of civil structures that's that's another technology this is condition assessment performance assessment uh, capabilities there's software which is helping us uh, which uh, which is called enterprise, uh, enterprise decision analytics, where you have a risk lens on your asset portfolio and you try to optimize all the mitigating measures you need because uh, there are risks uh, tied to uh, to maintaining or managing infrastructure. Those are so sophisticated algorithms which help you to manage large portfolios. And when climate change or another external influence is Imposing that we have to walk in a a different uh, direction, create other policies, other maintenance intervals, other redesign of our assets. Um, You've got strong algorithms who can help you to make uh, the the right decisions. And with large portfolios, it's it's difficult to oversee that and do it in Excel. And that's where those new technologies will help. This is an example, uh, or these are examples, which are how they are being called in in Europe, industry 4.0 technologies. So that's on data capture and on data processing. Uh, In in the European Union, there's now a strong mandate to move into what we call industry 5.0, which is uh, the focus on creating more value out of all the data which has been collected and has been processed. Uh, So there's lots of investments uh, coming in, in building new technologies, which, help us to do uh, these uh, decisions and executing the work more uh, effectively so uh, just to mention a couple um, if if you want to have a good overview of your entire existing asset uh, database yeah you can have different teams or different geographies where you are working and then the definitions are are different so data dictionaries ontology and taxonomy management systems all kinds of uh, digital developments, uh, object type libraries, which uh, help asset managers to uh, have a better overview, speak the same language and make informed and aligned decisions uh, through the entire business. So many emerging uh, technologies, uh, a lot of them data driven. Um, and uh, let me end by saying digital technologies. We should embrace artificial intelligence. There has been similar big changes where there was um, a distrust of the data or the algorithms behind it but um, if we treat artificial intelligence as a co-pilot and not as a decision-making unit but quite enabling us to make the uh, the best decisions and we are still at the steering wheel i think it will be very helpful to uh, to become more efficient and effective
0: I think there's so many, as you say, technology advancements coming and it'll be really interesting to see sort of how it uh, shapes, you know, the transport infrastructure and and the industry in the future. And you're certainly very uh, passionate about your role, which is great. Um, Your role does sound incredibly diverse. Um, What are you most looking forward to happening in the transport sector? Maybe something you're working on or even maybe the direction in which you see the industry heading. I mean, I know you've touched on some of those themes around technology and AI, but um, do you have anything more you can add in that space?
1: Uh, next to uh, technology, AI, uh, I think asset management is a is a professional discipline. So I'm, I'm really excited to see the future asset managers, which is a career path in the industry that we collect enough knowledge and create enough training to provide that career path for people in, in asset management and that, that it's not seen as something at the side, but at the core. That's one. Uh, another one, uh, just a recent experience outside of uh, the U.S., resiliency, climate resiliency, sustainability is, 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 is a topic in this discussion as well. And it starts with the question, what's uh, what's uh, is there a difference between having a, a good, sustainable and resilient focus on your uh, on your asset base and how to build on that related to asset management? Or is that pretty much the same? And I was in an in a conference in Canada two weeks ago, and um, we asked uh, the question, do you see that difference? The difference and the answer of several asset owners was, no, we're actually merging the departments of the asset management department and the, the sustainability department, because it's essentially the same focus, which uh, there's strong alignment. So asking that question, there were multiple organizations uh, having that approach to merge these disciplines together and i think that's that's very inspiring because uh, we've just got one world and we need to take care of that world and if we as a professional discipline of asset managers can create that positive impact and create that sustainable future accelerate to net zero i think uh, that's a, a very exciting future to be a part of
0: I totally agree. Uh, It's very interesting, the topics you raise. We just did a project in our 2023 fellows around technology innovations into the transport sector. So we'll have to get you involved, I think, with the 2024 fellows to come and talk to them. Um, So lastly, putting on my um, hat from the Future Leaders Committee at RA, what would you say to someone thinking of getting involved in the transport sector, I guess given the wide range of inspiring career opportunities available and you've touched on some today?
1: I would say uh, asset management uh, is in the spotlight at this moment. It's a hot topic, uh, maybe not explicitly mentioned in the news, but pretty much everything what is going on is related to asset management. And if you are that future asset manager, you're essentially in a role where you can connect all the disciplines together. So if you want to be in engineering, have a look at uh, asset management because there's a lot of connection and you can work on exciting projects on behalf of the asset manager. If you are in technology, uh, there's so much technology and so much data-centric approaches uh, coming, coming towards us. So if you want to code, asset management is a good place. But even from other lenses, yeah, the asset managers are the dot connectors. (laughs)
0: I like it. Uh, Very inspiring. And that's a great way to finish up. And you've certainly left our listeners with plenty to reflect on. So, Peter, thank you very much for joining us today making time to engage in what is a really important discussion. I know our listeners will find your insights invaluable, and it's always exciting to hear from a global leader in the transport industry. Thank you also to Arcadis for their ongoing support of RA as a patron. Uh, This supports conversations like this taking place, which is so important for the sector. Thank you again. And to everyone listening, we hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Thanks for tuning in and make sure you subscribe to The Hub to keep up to date with fascinating conversations happening right across the industry. Thank you.